This is the Champions Coffee Podcast on the Vigo Podcast Network. On this show, we take 20 minutes to celebrate the champions behind higher education student support and experience. These are the individuals who are pushing the boundaries and changing student lives on a daily basis, and we get to hear their stories and their visions for the sector. Hello world and welcome to the Champions Coffee Podcast where every week we have coffee with an education professional who is out there on the front lines championing students to be all that they can be. This is episode 21 and I'm your host Ben Hallett and I am also the co-founder and CEO of Vigo. Vigo is a learner support platform that helps educators connect their students to their mentors, tutors, advisors, counselors and all the champions in between. And at Vigo, we believe in celebrating the professionals who make all of this student experience tick, which is why that we are doing this podcast. This is a very uh, special suite of episodes because we are currently at the ASU GSV conference in San Diego. And today I have the pleasure of being uh, joined by Julie Greenwood, Vice Dean for Educational Initiatives at Arizona State University. Now, Julie is the EdPlus Vice Dean of Educational Initiatives. In this role, she works with the academic units at all ASU campuses, including deans, department chairs, faculty, and staff, to strengthen online programming, including deriving course development that transforms student learning experiences. She works across the university to leverage data analytics and educational technology to improve and equalize degree completion. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. And how are you feeling on day two of the conference? Oh, I'm supercharged. I don't know. Did you see uh, the Michael Crow uh, stage X this morning? Only a bit. What did I miss? Oh, I, I think Michael does such a great job of presenting the vision and, uh-huh. and looking into the future and yep. and really, I, I think, leading uh, the entire university uh, in an aligned fashion yep. to uh, really uh, innovate around education mm-hmm. and and the access mission, access and success around our charter. That That is something that really drew me to ASU. Mm. In fact, when I was on campus at ASU, that charter is plastered is. every two or three meters, I think, on that, on, that, uh, on that campus. And I think Michael's talking about five times at this conference, I think. Probably, at <laughs> yeah. least. Yes. Yeah. Hey, when, when ASU is on, it's on the title, yeah, I think you have that right. And, and I believe yeah. you were speaking twice at this conference as well. I, I, I am fortunate to be on two panels. Yeah. yeah really looking forward to that. And uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what you're speaking about at the conference? Uh, so um, the panel that I'm organizing is mm-hmm. really focused on how we leverage artificial intelligence mm-hmm. to improve learning and success. Mm-hmm. And so we have some of our collaborators uh, who are uh, that we're doing our work with, who will be on that panel to kind of talk about, you know, what, um, you know, what is the potential of AI? Mm-hmm. Uh, what have been the successes and failures, and then mm-hmm. what's the future? And then how does how does higher education have to change to fully leverage artificial intelligence? Mm. So that okay. that one I organized, really excited about that. And then yep. I got invited to join another one. Uh, with our partners or colleagues at Zoom. Nice. And this really just kind of looks at, you know, what are the similarities and differences between, you know, changes that have occurred in the uh, industry mm-hmm. uh, as a result of COVID and changes that have occurred in education mm-hmm. as a re- result of COVID. And, and what does that future of work, future of education look like really in terms of, uh, you know, hybrid uh, opportunities mm-hmm. and you know campus 
or uh, physical place-bound opportunities versus remote opportunities. Yeah. So something uh, that that one should be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, if anyone saw a boom in uh, the growth of their business, it was Zoom in COVID. Absolutely. I dare say they learned a couple of things. Um, That's going to be great. All right. Well, I mean, I'd love to jump into the typical questions we do on the Champions Coffee podcast. And to get kicked off, I would just love to understand what life experiences motivated you to enter the education space or what keeps you motivated to stay? Oh, wow. Okay. You know, know, I'm actually traditional faculty. Uh, So I, um, you know, as an undergraduate, um, uh, so my story, if I go all the way back, I, I went into my undergraduate uh, program wanting to be a physics major mm-hmm. and uh, you know once I got into those courses I just I didn't fit mm-hmm. I was very uncomfortable in physics mm-hmm. and so I floundered probably for about a year and a half okay um, just taking science courses not sure what I was going to do and then the chemistry professor one day uh, chased me down the hall and, and grabbed me and said so wh- what are you doing with your life mm. and yeah. I said uh, I don't know and she got me into an undergraduate research program. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's a transformative experience. Mm-hmm. That completely changed my life. That got me into um, you know, graduate school. I became a cancer researcher. Mm-hmm. You know, Oregon State, I was professor of biochemistry and biophysics for 19 years. I had wow. my research lab. Uh, you know, I did my teaching. And I, I will be honest, I wasn't a great teacher. I, I, I thought I was. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got better over time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much focus on on research, but a big commitment I had made was to have students in my lab mm-hmm. to do undergraduate research. And that's where I learned from those students that we needed to do more mm-hmm. in our classroom. We needed to support more education. So I started doing more innovation, active learning, different approaches to help support students. Mm-hmm. Uh, underrepresented students weren't successful mm-hmm. in my class. And I, I, I felt I had to change in order to help the students be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, one day someone reached out to me and said, why don't you apply for this job uh, as associate dean for academic and student affairs? Mm-hmm. I, I got the position. Yep. I fell in love really with that engagement of trying to help students be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that took me into the digital uh, learning, adaptive, personalized learning space, yep. and then ultimately here uh, to ASU. And, and so it's, it's the students mm-hmm. that drive uh, my passion, yep. uh, particularly the underrepresented, underserved students who um, I think are outstanding. Yep. But our current system, mm-hmm. the way our current system is set up, it's not allowing them to have access and to be successful mm-hmm. uh, in our programs. Okay. And then I'll also add on, I have two, three, three kids. Yeah. Two of them are, are ASU students. Oh, well, wow. uh, okay. ASU online students. One just graduated. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, so once again, I, I get... Uh, you get some feedback, I imagine. I, every day <laughs> oh, I get no. feedback, which is great because uh, some of the work we're doing, my uh, yeah. youngest, you know, has been taking some of those courses. And mm-hmm. so he's been giving me uh, daily feedback. And okay. so that's super valuable. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That would yeah. be. I couldn't imagine if my, uh, my actually, my wife used to be a, uh, a mentor and a tutor on the Vigo platform. And right. actually, I do remember she was finding bugs in that platform Um more critically than I would say that the average the average person was, right. which is what we needed at the time. Yeah. Um, 
And actually, I picked that up. Uh, I was reading your LinkedIn profile, and I, I loved what you said. Uh, you said, I'm deeply motivated to advance diversity and inclusion in higher education, improve and equalize degree completion, and create a personalized, transformative experience for each student. I, uh, I thought that was a really succinct way um, of putting everything there. And I wanted to ask you, how do you think about student experience and success, uh, and how is that currently playing out for you at ASU? Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting because I work out of Ed Plus, which administrates ASU Online. Mm -hmm. So I'm very deeply engaged and involved in supporting our online students, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very different population. Yep, the majority of those students are transfer students. They're students who uh, really attempted education at yep. one time. They weren't successful in the system, mm -hmm. and they're now coming back to uh, really fulfill their dream of completing that degree. Yep. Uh, some of them wanting a career change. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I don't limit myself to online. Mm -hmm. I think the potential here is to work across all the modalities yep. or is to learn, you know, what does each modality do well? Yep. What doesn't it do well? Mm -hmm. uh, what can we learn from that? And then how can we leverage that understanding to uh, really create the best learning experiences for all of our students? Mm. Uh, and, and so, you know, when I think of learning experiences, we know our students spend probably a majority of their time in classroom experiences, either synchronous or, or asynchronous. Yep. And many of those lack the kind of engagement that our students need in order to be successful. Yep. Uh, many of them are not well designed. Mm -hmm. and, and so once again, it's, um, we leverage data. Uh, we really are, are taking learning engineering approaches and adapting that to improve both academic and non-academic experiences and support students really across both academic and student affairs. Mm. And so, you know, using that data, we can look and we can say, okay, here are, you know, right, we, we call them our high impact courses. Yep. These are uh, high enrollment uh, high fail rate, high attrition courses, mm -hmm. and we can look at them and we say, okay, we're losing over 10,000 students a year mm. uh, out of these courses. And that doesn't mean it's the course itself, yep. but that's their last yep. contact, the last touch point yep. with ASU is that course. Yep. And so why? Yeah. Right? So, you know, we then take a team, we build a team, take math, for example, uh, President Crow mentioned our um, initiative, uh, you know, in math this morning, what an impact is having across uh, participation in STEM. Mm -hmm. And so once again, if you look at our courses, if, you know, we really focus on intersectionality gaps. Mm -hmm. That's where we're getting our richest data, but we're seeing a 20% difference in success mm -hmm. between white men that are non-Pell eligible mm. and uh, women of color that are Pell eligible. And you can imagine that fills in across all of those different intersectionalities. Mm. Why is that? Mm. It's not that those individuals don't have the ability. Yep. It, it's the system, it's the system coming into the university, it's how those courses are run. Mm. So a big part of what we do is uh, do deep analysis and research on that data. We do both quantitative, qualitative, we do fo focus groups with those students, we amplify the voice of women of color mm -hmm. 
and understand what are those barriers, what's preventing them from being successful. And, yeah. and then students that are successful, what were the keys yep. that allowed them to be successful? And then we do iterative design process mm. really to improve those courses. Mm. Uh, you know, take, you know, some college algebra, for example, some of the work we've done, we're seeing fifth, anywhere from 5 to 14% increases in pass rates mm. uh, for those students. We've done iterative design on, on English composition. Mm -hmm. You know, just our, our first iteration of that, we saw 5 to 10% increases uh, in pass rates. So, you know, once again, it, it's bringing the data to the faculty. Mm -hmm. It's providing the faculty the resources and the development, working alongside the faculty. Yep. Uh, to help make those experiences uh, really more engaging, yep. more transformative. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're, we're bringing undergraduate research to our online students. Mm -hmm. You know, most universities across the country don't provide that opportunity yeah. for their students because they think, well, they're, you yeah. know, they're in another country, they're in another mm -hmm. uh, uh, part of the country. There, there's no way that we can actually do undergraduate research with them because they have to be here on campus. Yep. Well, no, they don't. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and so once again, we're creating, going to the faculty, we're saying, here are these resources. Mm. And the faculty are incredibly uh, innovative in coming up with ideas on okay. how to leverage uh, these populations of students who are really talented mm. uh, to help support their research programs. And, and some of those actually are on campus, and some of our online students love to come to campus. Yep. And they can come to campus for maybe a week or for a term, mm. uh, but they can't do that for, you know, an entire degree program. You yep. know, their lives just don't yep. uh, fit that. So th those are some of the things the, that we're working on and, and that get me really excited. Awesome. Um, you know, I don't get as much engagement with students anymore, okay. but I always go meet with the students who come to one of our uh, mm. campus-based uh, one week intensives. Okay. So I'll go have breakfast or, or, okay. or lunch with them, and I, I get that interactions. And so I have one student, uh, Kristen, who always emails me after she has these experiences, okay. and and so I get to build these relationships. I get that feedback, and I will tell you that's what um, that's what motivates me. That's yeah, okay. what energizes me is hearing mm. those experiences. But at the same time. I can look at the data and I can see students who aren't getting that. Yep. And so that's what we have to do. We have to find a way to bring that mm. across to all of our students, what they need, mm -hmm. what they want in order to be successful. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, a um, couple of things there. I mean, I was, when I was on campus at ASU just two weeks ago, I was just so impressed with your data setup. The fact, just the speed with which you could drill down. Yeah. into uh, you know, a particular student group, a particular student, and break it down in different ways. I was so impressed with that. I, I think it, it allows, it, it's that foundation that allows you to, to uh, be agile, to do this, uh, this innovative work on top of it. And um, I mean, I would love to, I would love to, you know, you're talking a bit about getting, keeping yourself close to the student stories and the individual students. I think that is so powerful. You know, we ourselves, we... Uh, I agree with you that the, the bigger we get, the uh, the less that I have interactions with the students right. in, on the on the uh, end. And you know, we make a point of making sure all the students' stories and the feedback that's coming out from each mentoring and tutoring session it, it feeds into our Slack, so we get alerted every single time. Uh, and it's, I think that's the special thing about education is if you can 
if you can keep the stories coming at you every day, you can really see that, you know, if I show up today and I do my job well, more students achieve what they want to be achieving. And it's that quick feedback loop, that motivation that allows us to, I mean, for me to keep getting up every morning and doing the same thing again. It's, it's just beautiful to see the outcome of that. And I think education is a special place. And you get it with your own kids. That's awesome. I get it with my yeah. own kids. And, and I, I'll have to um, kudos to our uh, success coaches. Yep. Uh, so we have over 100 success coaches who yeah. are supporting our students. Yep. And, and we share that information, yep. right? So I can learn from them what the student experiences are and then use that information to help target resources and to help with that um, uh, iterative design process, yep. that learning engineering process that uh, we're driving forward right now to support our students. Well, actually, on that note, you know, on the student support side, which is uh, more of Vigo's remit, like what, what are you surrounding your students with? Uh, you mentioned the success coaches. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that ecosystem of support you're creating for the online cohort? Oh, great. Um, I'll, I'll use one example. Okay. That this is a, a, a more recent development that we've been doing that I, I see a huge potential and impact. Yep. So if you look at those math courses where we saw up to 14% increases, if you look at the, the writers or English composition uh, courses where we saw up to 10% increases, one of the things that we did was to implement a community learning approach okay. Okay, into those classes. And, and this is a, a platform uh, it's our partners at Inscribe. Yep, uh, have helped us, you know, implement that platform. Mm -hmm. And in essence, take college algebra for example. We created a community. We call it study hall mm -hmm. for for students uh, to identify. And it, in essence, we have a thousand students in that algebra course in that community, and we have this hierarchical support system okay. that pretty much runs. 24-7, mm -hmm. right? And many of our students are doing their work Sunday night, 9 p.m., yep. and it's due 11.59. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so once again, you're not going to email your instructor yep. and get a response. Yep. Um, but you need help. Yep. So a student can actually go uh, into the community and they can say, look, I, I, I don't understand how to do this assignment. Yep. I don't understand what a linear function is. Yep. Uh, so it's AI driven. Okay. So it will surface all previous questions yep. Okay, related to that. So once again, students can quickly see, oh, oh, someone already asked that yep. question. Here's the answer. Yep. Or we preload it uh, with content. So once yep. again, it'll surface uh, some of the best content that the faculty have created and mm -hmm. student can then access that content. So that self-serve approach uh, will meet the needs of many of our students. Mm. But at the same time, they can ask that question. And then another student, so you have a peer-peer component. Yep. So another student can say, hey, mm. uh, yeah, here's, here's what I did. Yep. Uh, probably the best part of that that I've seen mm. uh, is emotional support. Okay. So, you know, we have students coming in. Uh, we had a student who, who was struggling with the statistics module. Yep. Uh, and he reached out for help. Uh, he got support. Uh, he got encouragement. Okay. You know, we have students coming in and saying, I haven't taken math in 10 years. I'm really nervous. And yep. you'll get five other students come back and say, you can do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, to me, that that's very yeah. <laughs> just, just inspiring. Uh, but that statistics student came back. Mm. 
um, at the end of the course, wrote a thank you note to the community. Oh, wow. I would never have made it through. This is fantastic. So, I mean, all of that is happening asynchronously. Yeah. Uh, that. And that's a student who wasn't able to access, you know, our, our traditional educational system, you know, campus-based. Yep. So I, I think that community approach, so you have the self-serve, you have peer-peer, but then we also mm-hmm. have a team of learning assistants. Mm-hmm. So these are peer learning assistants, students who have taken yep. the course and they know the content. So once again, they can come in, you know, and they can look and they can see, okay, um, oh, so no one's answered this. Yep. I'm going to come in and I'm going to support that student. Okay. We're now getting the capability to where we can do instant uh, Zoom or, okay. or video conferencing with okay. that student. So you can, if needed, if the student isn't able to get the support that they need through mm-hmm. kind of that uh, texting function, yep. you know, once again, they can immediately go on and they can work together. Okay. Then, so the whole hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you've got TAs, teaching assistants that are in there. And once again, they're providing support. Yep. Uh, and they can endorse other comments hmm, that other students okay. have made and say, yes, that's the right answer. Or no, we're not going to let uh, yeah. anyone else see that. True. true. You got to have some yeah. of that, that, that monitoring in there. Yeah, and okay. then finally we have some of our instructors mm. uh, who are just fantastic in that community. Yep. And, you know, you know, once again, driving that engagement yeah. uh, with, within our students. And so, you know, then, and, and then there's a rich uh, data Mm. Uh, source coming from what's happening. We can actually map out every individual, every interaction mm. uh, that occurred, you know, within that community over an entire uh, semester. Yep. And so once again, that really tells us, okay, wow, this is great, except, wait, there's 30% of our students that didn't participate. Mm. What's going on there? Okay, well, some of them are A students and maybe they didn't feel the need you know, to ask for help. But then, wait a second, here's this population. What do we need to do Yeah. Okay. to go in and help these students who, you know, it, it, can, be, it can be hard to ask for help. Yep. Um, I did took a quick glance at your questions, and one of the ones that I remember was, yep. uh, what would I advise a student? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's typically ask, the closer. <laughs> ask, ask for, am I closing us? Uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, ask for help. Yep. Don't, I mean, that, and, and I will, um, you know, I see this at home as well. Um, my kids are going to kill me for saying that. But um, it, it's, uh, for some reason, and I don't entirely understand it, but mm. I think my personality is similar. Yep. Or it was when I was a student. Uh, you know, note that I floundered mm. for a year and a half, and it wasn't until someone reached out and said, hey, yeah, you know, and then that completely yeah. changed my life. Yep. Right? So we have to take that on. Yep. That is our responsibility. We have to find a way to get the data to identify those individuals. Yep. Uh, sometimes that happens in, you know, in a campus setting because you can look out and you can see all of your students. Yep. And you can see, oh, I need to go engage that student. Mm. But e- even then, I mean, the truth is, if you have a class of 200. Yeah, no way. Right? But yeah. these these systems, these systems where we have the rich data, that can help us yep. really identify and then target those resources in the most efficient way to help support the students who need the most help. Yep. 
um, and then really use those that understanding to help reshape and redesign mm. uh, our learning experiences and our ed educational system. Yep. Uh, so that all students will be successful. Yeah. Uh, and all students successful in all disciplines. Mm. You know, I really spent a lot of my time focused on STEM. Yep. And the, the representation mm. in, in STEM is, is unacceptable. Mm. And we have to take that on. We have to change that. Yep. And, and so that, that, that's a big part of what our work is doing. So it, it's access and success, ASU Charter, all the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so exciting. And you're right, you've nailed about five of my questions in, um, in one go there. Uh, so, you know, we've come to the end of the podcast. We need to wrap up. Julie, thank you so much for uh, having coffee with me at, at ASU GSV, sharing your stories, your advice, uh, your visions. For everybody listening, this is episode 21 of the Champions Coffee podcast. Uh, if you'd like to stay updated on the next episode, please go to either LinkedIn or go to your favorite podcast platform and just hit follow where we will post all of these. So one last time, thank you so much, Julie. Great, thank you. Oh, cheers.